welcome to the Republic of Middle-Aged Men. As usual, you have your three hosts. You have myself, Timothy. You have Lachlan. Howdy. And Ruben. G'day. So, gentlemen, after last week's failure to not keep up with tradition by myself, I'm going to start with what are we drinking tonight? Um, for We've actually been hanging out for quite a while on already, so I've already had a big cup of tea. Uh, mm. But what I'm drinking now is some mead. Um, which is warm and yummy because it's winter here. Uh, what are you drinking there, Lachlan? Uh, I'm on the uh, red wines tonight. Um, so I have a nice uh, Barossa Shiraz from 2013 that's keeping me company for the evening. Mmm. Yum. It's very good indeed. And I hear it makes uh, impulse buys happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, only when we're looking at uh, books on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that we're like become boring in our middle age when, you know, a wild night out is drinking too much and ordering too many books on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, hanging out with my buddies online, buying books and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know guys who are older than us by a lot and when they misbehave, it's like, oh, I bought another motorbike online. <laughs> Yeah. For us, it's like, oh, I bought a book. <laughs> <laughs> dear, oh dear. How about, right. how about you, Ruben? What are you drinking there? i got red wine too. I've got a Spanish Tempranillo, Ooh. Um, which I've had one other time before, but I quite like it. It's good. Dun, 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 dun. Spanish vino. Yeah. That looks good. Well, delicious. So tonight's a bit different. Um, we're going to just casually chat about our thoughts about the Enchiridion that we finished last week and uh, then we will discuss what's coming next so uh, what did you think about the Enchiridion I'll start with you Ruben I'll mix it up a bit um, what, what are your let's start with uh, an overall score perhaps out of five well that oh that's tough but what are they stars sure are they stars or peanuts or uh potatoes potatoes <laughs> what about dusty sandals crocs yeah crocs uh I don't know I'll, I'll probably give it I'll give it a three out of five dusty crocs three out of five dusty crocs how about you Lachlan what's your out of five dusty crocs score yeah, fair call. I'd be about the same, I reckon. A three out of five? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <coughs> uh, I I think I give it almost a four. Um, I, th- I think part of that is it's an easy read and it's sure. you can pick it up, read a little bit and put it down, which for me, you know, um, with kids and family and many other things going on, that's handy so that certainly I did like that format and I like the content a lot of it was practical that I got out of the book so yeah I think I'll give it four out of five uh, crocs dusty crocs yeah I mean, there's something to be said for the format um, I mean it literally translates in Caridian to handbook and that that's the way it's supposed to be you know it's something that's a bit more short and snappy and to the point so you can turn it you know um 
you know, get straight to the gold rather than sort of ferreting through it like maybe we did on uh, on the Republic where you're sort of digging through to find the good stuff. I mean, there's plenty of good stuff in there anyway, so I mean, you weren't digging too hard. Um, but uh, in some ways, I actually missed the long form. Um, like whilst it's uh, more time and it's harder to fit in sometimes, like to sort of get the reading done and then be sort of thinking about it, making your notes and all that sort of stuff. But um, it... Um, yeah, I think I liked, I probably would have scored it higher maybe if we were instead of getting it in the context of the discourses where you're getting some more of the um, the background of where that learning's coming from, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and uh, I've mentioned to you guys before the show, I actually went and bought the copy of the discourses so I could read through that because I found this really interesting as well, but I want to see some of the context around where it's coming from as well because i know there's been a couple of times we've been reading through things and i think you know what i think i'm thinking too literally about this and if i maybe understood the context a little bit better of what was leading to that sort of moment it might make more sense to me if you know what i mean it's also i do and maybe that's why i give it a slightly higher score because i've read a lot of stoic philosophy over the years maybe mm. i kind of got what he was getting at already a little bit I, I don't know maybe maybe that's something that contributed yeah look, I, I think uh you, you could still um I, there's still plenty i got out of it don't get me don't get me wrong um but yeah it's just sometimes it, it can it felt a bit uh, a bit jarring or harsh on a on a on a few things i was like how do we land here because it's just interesting um <laughs> do you mean like the don't grieve if you lose a kid things or <laughs> Yeah, or it's, you know, I can't remember. It's like uh, about like losing a jug and then losing your wife, and like it's the same thing. Like <laughs> yeah, maybe it was know? poorly translated. Maybe you were saying losing jugs and losing the wife. And oh, it's like, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo. Yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, strike, uh, strike one, strike one. <laughs> Gonna go see Min soon. How about you, Rubes? What, what what did you get out of it? Um, I, I just on the scoring, I, 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 I gave it a, th I think content wise, like practicality, yeah, it's really good. And as a handbook, I think it probably would score higher than that. But when I say three out of five, I just mean in terms of entertainment, like as a book more broadly. And I didn't, I didn't enjoy reading it. Like I did something like uh, the Republic, but just for all the reasons that you guys just said, it's not supposed to be read in that same way. It's not, that's just not what it is. So. In some sense, my score is probably not fair, but you put me on the spot. So. <laughs> no, but it is fair. It's like, I certainly agree. I think there's more enjoyment in reading The Republic than there is in reading this. But I feel like there's more tools that I walked away with from this than what I oh, walked 100%. away with from The Republic. So, yeah, yeah, it's more practical. And I too, um, I think, struggled a bit in the same way that Lachlan did in he would say things and I'm like, that's really interesting, but I'd love to see what you're basing that on because that's a very strong claim, <laughs> that sort of mm. stuff. So, whereas with the Republic, by the time, uh, generally speaking, by the time Socrates comes to a conclusion, you've got the whole backstory. <laughs> Probably too much backstory. Do you reckon- When he's taking you through that whole like Socratic reasoning to get there, like that's the whole point, right? Like that he's done this big setup so you could take that leap at the end because- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've come with him through that journey already. Yeah, I enjoyed that. But you're not supposed to get that out of this, what, uh, out of a handbook. So 
I for sure. No, it's not fair to say that it's not there because it's not supposed to be. Do you reckon this is the philosophical equivalent of TikTok? <laughs> I feel like that's what it is. It's like very, very short and sharp, like pew, 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 little points. Yeah. Like you could take a section out of this and just bang, put it on. You could make a TikTok for most of the passages in this, hmm. knock it over in 30 seconds, the main point. I, I don't think you could do that with anything in the Republic. <laughs> we couldn't knock anything over in 30 seconds. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, maybe dogs are philosophers too. Maybe you could argue that in 30 <laughs> seconds, but... Yeah. yeah it's not the way Socrates does, you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, I've decided that over the next couple of months, I'm going to try and re-listen to all of our episodes and write down all the t-shirt ideas we had. Because I, I reckon we've had about 10. <laughs> They're all terrible, but we had 10. I reckon there's got to be a good one in there somewhere. <laughs> so. um, okay, what was... Uh, let's ask uh, two, two questions here, but I'll ask it in two parts. So, I'll lock them first to you. What was your least favourite thing in the book? Like the thing that just you were just like, nope. Uh... Look, I think I'd be sort of, um, I'd be a foot each way on it, to be honest. I know I say it's like, and maybe it's my least favorite, but it's still not like terrible. But uh, he spoke a lot about death in this book. It was a really strong reoccurring theme I found through it. Um, and I think, again, like that was just something I did sort of find um, uh, sort of jarring in there. But at the same time, sort of stepping back from it i could see the logic of why he probably hammered that home because at that point in time death was a fairly common occurrence right and it's something a lot of people would have had to get to grips with so it was probably quite practical advice um i mean it's yeah something no one avoids right so it's yeah it's, it's going around us at, at all times um but um you know it did sound a bit, um, a bit cold at times, and I, I sort of found that a bit hard to to deal with. Um, and there's some similar kind of themes around sort of compassion as well, um, which was kind of like, you know, there's some passage about you know you can, you know, wail with somebody who's who's experiencing you know um, some some loss like that, but don't get too kind of caught up in it. I think was kind of the thing, which, you know, that. It's probably fair, but it, you know, sometimes it just felt a bit cold. That's all. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, look, it's uh, that's about the only one I could kind of put a pin on. I reckon most of the other stuff I have to say is pretty, pretty practical, pretty good. But um, even that, you could still take something from it, and it's just like, how literal do you want to take that? And it's just maybe it's a little bit more about hey, just just remember that, um, you know death is a natural sort of state and uh i think um I, I did actually make a note of one of those passages um where it was talking about this was um back in passage 11 and which was uh never save anything i lost it but say i gave it back you know has your child died it was given back as your wife died she was given back um when they talk about your estate and all that sort of stuff but but i think um 
you know, if you talk about it in the sense of like religion or something, you know, that might actually give you some comfort because, you know, you see giving back to God or something like that, you know? Yeah. And, um, so anyway, I, I, I think there's still positives to be pulled from, from that, even though it's probably my least favorite thing from it, if you know what I mean. That's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Before I hand over Ruben, like the, that, that's like my favorite part of the book. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Um, all right, Ruben, for you, at uh, least, uh, least I, favorite I, bit. I, I think my, once again, my least favorite bit was just like, having the conclusions without the, uh, the journey to get there, which is not, you can't criticize it for that. Cause as we pointed out, it's a handbook. You're not supposed to have all that background stuff. Mm. All right. Um, for me, uh, least favorite. Um, yeah, I, I, it's that, that jarringness of the, that, that coldness of just, and, and the comparison of a very, very, unimportant material thing to a very significant relationship person mm. and, and and that there should be a similar reaction um, is uh, probably my, the part where I'm like eh, I feel like it's a bridge too far um, but you know I, like this this week I went to a funeral for someone who I cared about very much and um, one of the things I did think through was like, is this in accordance with nature? And I was like, it is. Um, it doesn't mean it's good, um, but it's not like, um, it, well, it's not not in accordance with nature. And so I didn't find it comforting, but I was just like, oh, it's something that does happen. And, um, you know, there'll, there'll be a process attached to that of that I need to grieve and that everyone else will need to grieve and I'm going to miss that person. Um, but I'm thankful for the time that I had and, you know, I need to reflect on the fact that other people I care about, they're not going to be around forever either. So I need to make sure that every day I do the best I can with those relationships and, you know, make the most of each day. So, you know, use it as an opportunity to grieve, but also to be thankful for other people. So I found it helpful in that way. So I think it's a good way to look at mm. it for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite bit. Favorite bit, Lachlan. Um, I quite liked uh, some of the themes around uh, not focusing, I guess, on stuff and the trappings of wealth or. Um, the facade of kind of like showing off and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, obviously, Epictetus is like a big sort of fanboy for um, Socrates. So, you know, fully embraced that style of life where it was kind of like trying to just keep things simple. You know, do you have what you need? Then that should be enough. And why do you want and want and want? And I just thought it was just something that's like super relevant for modern culture we're in where everything's so disposable uh social media is just kind of like rampant in people trying to show off their best life or whatever it is for you know people watching and it's not reality it's whatever they're trying to present as reality and it's like why are we doing that it's just insane um and so I, i just appreciated i think that kind of dispelling that 
modern myth. I mean, it's obviously not a modern myth because it's the same thing back then, right? You know, going yeah. back 2000 years, <laughs> humans have been doing this kind of thing. Like, uh, who's got the uh, fanciest horse or whatever, you know, before people had cars, <laughs> or yeah, it's the same sort of deal. Right. Um, you know, you're taking pride in the horse and, you know, the horse should have pride, but, uh, you know, well, why are you so, you know, um, hung up about how good looking your horse is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that appealed to me, I think, um, maybe I'm not going to quite go down to, uh, you know, Socrates rocking up in his Crocs for the, uh, handout at the banquet, but, um, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for a, for a simple life. And I, I must say, I am challenging myself a little bit more on that. Um, so, um, I think it's a, it's a good thing to think of, you know, do you really need that? Yeah. Probably not the answer. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Um, how about you, Rubes? Favorite favorite bit? Um, yeah, I liked. I really liked the underlying theme of um, not letting things that are outside your control affect you. Um, I, I I think that's a really powerful idea. Um, I think it becomes uh less less relevant for things that like for major events like i mean if your house burns down and you like you had a real material loss then uh, you know i'm probably not quite as so on board um with epictetus particularly once like you were pointing out too like with the loss of a family member but i i mean more generally when he's talking about other people's opinions like why would you why would you let other people's opinions or, uh, you know, or, or things like that. Was, I think there was a quote in there about the corner or something like the idea that you would let, um, mm. those things that are outside your control really affect you. Um, and I think that's also really relevant today because you see it, um, you see it, yeah, you see it in social media, you see it in current affairs and people get really upset about, you know, this opinion or that opinion or this news or that news. Um, when you do step back a little bit and just kind of go, I don't know these people. Why would I, why would I put my own, you know, psychological and, um, well-being in their hands? You really, you, I think that's a really, really poignant thing to point out. I think, so I think you nailed it all the way back then. I do. I think that's also a really useful tool. I got hmm. spot on too, mate. I mean, uh, how fired up do people get about opinions on the internet? Holy moly. Like, yeah, big time. Ugh. People like uh, will just go to town and will not let stuff go. And it's just, you know, why? Yeah, Who cares? Yeah, Someone's got an opinion. Everyone's got an opinion. Like, yeah. And we're all, we're, you know, we're all guilty of it, but I, just, I, I yeah. think it's a really useful tool. But even like, um, like in, in the, like the intermediate sort of thing in between your house burning down and someone saying something you don't like, but even like in the middle there somewhere where you've got like things can happen to you at work or things can happen just, you know, with your life in general, but when there really is nothing you can do about it, what, what is the point of uh, having it drag you down? Totally. It's not going to, it's not going to make you deal with the situation any better, but I do <laughs> think the secret there is, is it really out of your control? Because there's a risk. I do think there's a risk there in kind of going, oh, I can't control that. I'm just going to forget about it. Because look, let's face it, sometimes, particularly when there's, when you're talking about a relationship, there probably are things you can do. <laughs> but more generally, that's why I say things like current affairs or someone's opinion. You're yeah. not going to change their opinion. 
can't do anything about mm-hmm. that. You can't let that haunt you. So yeah, that was probably the bit I liked most. Yeah, nice. Um, my favourite quote is that one that you talked about before, Lachlan. Um, but the there's so much gold in this book. Um, so everything that you said, Ruben, completely agree with. Um, the thing I've been using as a tool a lot, which I mentioned before, is that uh, is it in accordance with nature? I've been finding that that's helping me be a lot more patient. So, for example my dog barks at stupid things sometimes out in the yard and I start getting angry at it and then I'm like is it in accordance with nature for my dog to bark at a bird yes it is why am I angry at this like <laughs> it's it's in accordance with nature don't get angry at it so I'm like okay yeah and then like even today I was at my um, parents place and the kids were all running around being noisy and it started to get under my skin a little bit because I'm a bit overtired today and um I just realized, oh, hang on a minute. They're just kids having fun. Is that in accordance with nature for them being noisy? Yes, it is. All right, so I need to remove myself from this area because they're not the problem. I'm the problem. <laughs> and yeah, so right. I just went and gave myself a timeout. Yeah. So I'm like, actually, it's in accordance with nature for them to be running around like that. So, um, but Wait something to think I, of it, I reckon. Yeah, but something I think I'll do as my next blog is. Um, there's, there's a compatibility issue and I don't want to drone on too much about this in the episode but um, like Christians believe that nature has been corrupted and so I want to explore the idea of like this idea of is it in accordance with nature versus is it in accordance with the original design because I think if nature's sinful or corrupted then because something's in accordance with nature doesn't necessarily mean it's good it from the Christian perspective. So I want to explore that a little bit. I think I'll blog about it at some point. Well, that's a pretty big question, bro. It is, but I've been chewing on it for weeks. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'll see how I go. But yeah, I, do, you, do you follow what I mean, Rubes? No, 100%. No, no, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, exactly what I mean. Do you get it, Lachlan? No. All right, so... <laughs> the, oh, <laughs> I'll just I'll I'll quickly I've got uh, got, uh, good good Christians I'll quickly I'll quickly explain I'll quickly explain so the the biblical account of creation is that God created it and then at some point mankind sinned against God and then sin entered the world and corrupted the world and so the, the the end game for the Bible is God will create a new heaven and new earth and that everything will be replaced basically um, and that's why there's death and decay and all these problems in the world. Um, so if something's in accordance with nature, as in nature now, then the biblical perspective could be, well, just because something's in accordance with nature doesn't mean it's in accordance with the original good design. It could be that its nature now is one that is affected by the consequences of sin as opposed to its nature how it was intended to be prior to sin occurring sure does that make sense yeah, uh, so, yeah, then so. The question is how, yeah so the question then is i suppose how how, how do you how are you supposed to view nature yeah like and an and then you know as a as a, supposed to be the nature if it is not what it's supposed to be so then as a christian is the tool 
to apply, is this in accordance with nature? Or is the tool to apply, is this in accordance with the original design? But if it's in accordance with nature, but not the original design, then you need to think about it harder. So <laughs> it's a complete mind messing thing, but I, I want to try and work through it at some level. I'm sure someone else who's much smarter and much more articulate than me has done it before, but I want to give it a go. Yeah, no, good. I think that's a really interesting question. Yeah. It'll probably just confuse me more and I'll have more questions at the end of it. <laughs> that's yeah. never a bad thing, right? Asking questions is the best thing. Yeah. Well, the important thing is that you don't uh, pretend like you know, right? <laughs> exactly. There's Wanting nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and if you it's start it's to okay. think you know it's something, right? then... Uh... Just trust yourself, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, um, is there anything else that either of you would like to say about this book? Uh, I'd recommend it to anyone to read because just because of the bite-sized chunks, I think it's something anyone can pick up and get something out of. And if you find it boring, you put it down and just read another passage another day. I think it's a good little thing. I tend to agree. Um, Yeah, it's really accessible, really. Um, I think anyone can kind of pick it up and, um, you know, take a minute to think about it. It, it, I think that's true for any of this stuff we've been reading. Um, Thinking about it in a scholarly way, even though we're not scholars, um, just forcing yourself to sort of stop and think about the content and, and what what you think the intention is has been um, been really amazing. I mean, I, I think that's that's true for for all the stuff we're reading. It's just because you know sometimes when you're just reading something, you're reading it, you're not really thinking about it, and it's um, it's kind of handy being in those bite sized chunks because I think it it forces you to stop because you've read that chunk and then you can kind of think about that for a minute before you move on. But, um, yeah. Yeah. But- yeah, I think so. Oh, there is one other, th- one other bit we didn't really touch on. I really liked the idea in the book where it says, um, it is button impression. I think that's mm. a really, uh, unique and useful way to think about things because, um, it makes you sort of stop and go, Oh, hold on. Is this something that actually affects me or is it, an impression in the sense that it's something I've created within my own mind. I think that's a good, uh, I, I think that's a good line to draw or at least a good thing to think about. When 100%, you are reacting. 100%. I found that so helpful too. I haven't tried it, but one day when somebody does say something with the intention of upsetting, I'm just going to go, I'm going to say talk, I'm going to say talk with a hammer and point hand up and go, you are but an impression. <laughs> Here's an experiment. Watch watch Joe Rogan for five minutes and then see if you can modify your impression. <laughs> um you guys have covered it. There's nothing else I want to say about it. Um Yeah, cool. Yeah. Alright, well, shall we talk about what we're going to read next? Sure. Okay, so yeah, uh we sort of the consensus it'll be Plato's apology, which I'm happy with. Yes. Me too. Yes. Uh, so, um, for those of you watching, I will insert a picture here of uh, what. Hang on. Well, that's a cool picture too. 
um, but yeah, I'll put a picture there of the book and I'll put the link for the edition that we're getting in the description. Uh, the edition we're getting is the uh, Plato Five Dialogues. Uh, I can't say that first one. Uh, is it y- Euthyphro? How do you say that? Euthyphro. Euthyphro. Apology. Is it Crito or Crito? Oh, I don't know about that one. Eight Crito. two Crito. I'm gonna say Crito because <laughs> like critical Crito, uh, Meno and Fado. Yeah. Uh, it's the paperback one August 2020 edition. Author is Benjamin Jowett by Plato. Uh, it's eight dollars ninety one Australian for paperback, or you can get the Kindle edition for a dollar and three cents from Amazon online Hmm. Um, so yes that will be the next book Um, we're going to have a little bit of a break between now and then because I will be doing some family holidays with the family and um, that's going to be awesome Um, but I actually don't know really very much about this book at all Um, have either of you read it before? I've read it a few times Okay. I haven't but I researched it a little bit just at the end of the Incaridian just because of that uh, that sort of quote in there uh, Ruben is it much like the Republic in its style or is it different uh, no. well, yeah it, no, it's not it's different it's not like a narrative it's a speech um, well it's not even a speech it's a it's a legal defense it's Socrates' legal defense when they put him on, on trial um, but it's similar in the sense that um well, Socrates, it's Socrates and he speaks the way he speaks and the, the dialogue that, that he does have in the Republic is very similar to the way he speaks in um, the Apology, which is interesting because I was reading a little bit and some I know some people commented that I, you know, how much of this can be sure this is actually Socrates' word, but when you sort of look at the way he talks in that versus what we read in the Republic, it's I think there's pretty little doubt that it's, uh, you know, the same dude. I mean, the same we know it's the same author, but... Yeah, at least within character to what what else we've read. I just had an idea to bring this to pop culture. Um, What we do is we dub the argument over the top of the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard footage. (laughs) Make Johnny Depp Socrates. That would be really hilarious, but the problem is it's only Socrates' side of the uh, argument. They they haven't recorded the other side. Yeah, so we just (laughs) dub over the top of Johnny Depp footage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I uh, just, funnily enough because I was looking for a, a copy of the the apology and uh, I was just reading the reviews and somebody I can't remember wrote some note and they go man I'm so glad Socrates is dead he sounds like such a douche and that was the only comment wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what a comment come on <laughs> well, we haven't read the book but I was like that is a harsh call that's funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Probably some purple well, head person. Gosh, that, that was it. that was incorrect because he's not a douche. He's a moocher. It's very different. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he wears Crocs. That's it. Yeah, Croc wearing mooch. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's similar in that sense. It's not. It's nowhere near. It's quite. It's quite short. Like, um, but there's plenty of meat in there, and I think. I think we're going to really enjoy it because it, it's going to tie in so much to the Republic and also what we've just read in the Incredium. Hmm. Um, so that'll be good. Yeah. 
well, I think that'll be a, be a good one to tap into for sure. Sounds I also think it's like super relevant for everything that's happening today. But then I suppose we've said that about everything we've read, haven't we? Yeah. I yeah, I mean, so. the parallels between uh, modern life's been ridiculous through all of this. So. Yeah, it makes you wonder. Well, it just goes to show people haven't changed, really. <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. very true. Mm. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, gentlemen, I'm happy with that. If you are happy with that, um, yeah, we can call it. Uh, we all have work tomorrow, so. Um, oh. So what's the so the plan is uh, this will be the last episode for a little while. Yes. Yeah, so um, the plan is I'm going to Europe with my family, um, and I will put some photos on the Facebook group at some stage because um, I'll be visiting some pretty cool places, including Rome, um, which will be awesome. Um, do you guys have any requests for me to bring back anything philosophy related from Rome? Ooh, wow. Oh, yeah. I'll give that some thought. I want a sandstone bust of Socrates. <laughs> sandstone? <laughs> Wouldn't it be marble? Marble, marble mate. <laughs> Sandstone's too oh, Aussie, mate. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Wearing Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know, mate. Uh, surprises, but uh, I'd love to see you visit some of the places. But uh... well, you're in yeah. Rome, not Greece, though, aren't you? True, but um, I, I'm planning to take a copy of Meditations with me. All um, oh, right, which makes sense, Marcus Aurelius. So um, I'll get a photo of me holding that book somewhere significant, mm. um, which would be cool. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to the trip. It'll be good. Well, in any case. Um... Um, what's his name? Um, our uh, Epictetus. He was uh, he was living in Rome for most of his early life, anyway, Matt. So true, true. Yeah, we're gonna find out if uh, there's any historical sites you can go to for him. Well, I'll also be going to Pompeii, so I'll mm. uh, get some photos of that too, because that'll give us a little bit of insight to how things looked. So mm. yeah, that's all awesome. cool. All right, well, uh, let's wrap it up there. So for those of you listening, um, remember the public wasn't built in a day and neither middle-aged men. And uh, we'll see you when we resume for season three when we dive back into some Play-Doh. Uh, so uh, we'll catch you all then. Thanks very much, guys, for a great time going through this book. And um, see you when we come back. See you, boys. Awesome. See you then. Bye.